Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining today in our podcast. I'm Rachel O'Mara, and today I'm very excited to have Mike Robbins joining me. Hi, Mike. Hey, Rachel. Nice to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'm thrilled that you're here. I um, I think you are very fitting for a guest at this point on my podcast. Uh, um I know we know each other now for a few years, and you've done some work at Google through some speaking, and uh, you know you've got some books that uh, the the one that's most recent, "Nothing Changes Until You Do." I know you're working on another book, "Bring Your Whole Self to Work." So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then I think the best part is you're in my book, so you're actually a pause story where yeah. I feature your story. And like I think you know you have this background from the corporate world. You were a professional sports baseball player, and now you've got your own world where you're helping people be more authentic. So I love what you're doing, and I think you really resonate with me as a person who embraces pausing or intentionally shifting your behavior. And what I thought we would do today is um, is kick things off and have you lead us in your own pause. So would you be interested to give a one or two minute just real pause meditation for all of us. Sure. Sure, sure. Okay, Thanks. Great. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. So, uh, why don't we just take a moment and if unless you're driving, um go ahead and close your eyes. If you are driving, you can still just kind of take a few breaths with us here. And as you close your eyes or focus you're behind the wheel of your car, just take a few breaths. And as you're breathing, nice deep breaths in and out. Put your hand on your heart. So we put our hands on our hearts just to kind of connect with ourselves. A really simple but powerful thing we can do all the time to just kind of come back to ourselves and think of someone in your life who you love. Just as you're breathing deeply with your hand on your heart. And what do you love and appreciate about this person who's coming into your mind right now? Maybe it's a significant other, a friend, a coworker, a child, parent, cousin, whoever it is. And just if your eyes are closed, even if they're open, just send a little blessing out to that person. And also to yourself and take one more deep breath. And then if your eyes have been closed, go ahead and open them. And here we are. Mm. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that was great. I, I'm like, I just want to stay in that space. So I'll, I'll try yeah. to hold that for all of us. Uh, wow. Thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. I, I was think thinking about my... My wife Michelle, and she's been uh, she's been gone all week at a uh, at a retreat, and she comes home today, and so I've been <laughs> missing her and appreciating her a lot, especially as you know, mm. working and both my girls and life juggling around. It's been, a, it's been an interesting, very fun, very uh, intense week. So it's good for me mm. to send a little blessing out into the universe to her. That's Awesome. I, I was thinking about my brother and he's in Chicago today and he just finished this year of transformation that I went through in our emotional intelligence training. And I just think it's just so important 
um, as we went through that to, to like remember that we can give a little blessing or mini shout out or whatever we want to call it to someone at any time. It just helps us be more, pre- like helps me be more present. So thank it you. It does. And, cool. and it's such a great, it's one of those things that's a gift, you know, when we express our appreciation or our gratitude for another, if, if even if we do it in person or on the phone or in writing or in a text or something, it's, it's a gift for them. Or even if we just mm. do it like we just did, but it's a gift for us. You know, it's one of those gifts we get to give away and keep at the same time, which I love. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and tell us, like, I would love to, I know a little bit about your background, but I think that's a great segue into what, um, you know, how you got to where you are today. Can you share a little bit yeah. about your background and, and how have you um, kind of wound up in your path? And, and um, you know, speaking of gratitude and just like, I know that's a huge message for you. So yeah. share a little more about that. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, Rachel, I mean, you mentioned it when you're introducing me briefly. I mean, I was an athlete. You know, I grew up here in the Bay Area where I still live, and um, I I played baseball and, you know, got drafted out of high school by the New York Yankees, um, which was pretty cool, although I didn't end up signing a contract with the Yankees because I got a chance to play baseball at Stanford and then got drafted out of Stanford by the Kansas City Royals, you know, another pro baseball team and signed a contract and then ended up uh, the way it works in baseball. You know, you have to go into the minor leagues and try to work your way up to the major leagues, even when you get drafted by a major league team like that. And I unfortunately um, got injured. I I hurt my tore ligaments in my elbow and cartilage in my shoulder when I was in the minor leagues. And after four surgeries, I wasn't able to come back and continue to play. So, you know, I, I had to move on with my life and it, you know, at that time, uh, I mean, I was devastated because, you know, I had started baseball at seven. I got hurt when I was 23. I finally retired at, at the age of 25. But, you know, I was pretty good at it. And I had focused a lot of my attention and energy on that. It's, it was it was my identity. I mean, it was really kind of who I thought I was. And so, but the big realization that I had related to my baseball career when it was finally over, as disappointed as I was, I kind of reflected on it and trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I just kept asking myself a bunch of questions. And one of the questions I kept asking was like, you know, did I have any regrets? If I could do it all over again, would I do it different? And the only real regret that I had was that I didn't fully appreciate it while it was happening. I was, yeah. you know, focused on making it, or I was focused on thinking I wasn't good enough or focused on trying to get better or competing against all the things that I think we have a tendency to do in our culture, not just in sports. And then, you know, I learned that that wasn't just related to sports. That's kind of a phenomenon in our competitive culture, if you will. And yeah. so it, it got me, it got me thinking. I mean, that really got me sort of down the path of my own growth. I was in a lot of pain, still somewhat physically, but more mentally, emotionally, and trying to sort out who am I and what does this all mean and what am I really here to do and how could I possibly find something else to do that would be anywhere close to as interesting or exciting as that. And so, you know, and then. It, it was the late nineties and I got a job um, in the dot-com world working at 24 uh, seven media who, uh, you know, we competed <laughs> against your, your old company, double click, but yep, I, you know, yep. I, was doing, I was doing online ad sales in the early days of online ad sales in 98 and 99. And then got a job at uh, a sports website called rivals.com that was based up in Seattle and expanding at the time in, in early in 2000. And, it was supposed to go public and we were all going to get rich because they were giving out lots of stock options and it was all great. And then of course, as you know, the, you know, the NASDAQ crashed and mm-hmm. dot-com bubble burst and 
and then I lost my job and I started to then ask some deeper questions about, well, what do I really want to do? And what kept coming to me was, I want to speak, I want to write, I want to coach, I want to help people. I didn't know exactly in what way or how or what I could offer. I mean, I was 26 and I, you know, had some life experience and thoughts and insights and had read some books and taken some workshops and been in therapy for years, but I didn't know what the hell I could possibly Mm -hmm. teach anybody. But I just felt called to, like, I think I'm supposed to do this. I would just like walk into bookstores for my own interest, but I just would walk down the aisle of all the sort of personal growth books and think to myself, I'm supposed to be here doing this. And it was kind of like that. It was just sort of vague, but it was very strong, even though there wasn't a lot of clarity around it. So Yeah. And, and Mike, so when you did that now, like bringing this into pausing, which I call any intentional shift in behavior, were you yeah. doing that? Like, like I know you took a, like my, my story in pause is about you taking a trip around the world, but do you feel like yeah. that was important in the realization of that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so the pause part, and you know, we, I shared this, you talk about this in your book, which folks will get to read here in a couple of months when it comes out. But it, I basically, you know, when, when I got laid off, it forced a pause on me, right? It wasn't a choice. But the mm-hmm. funny thing was I was going to work every day. I was in the midst of a, of a course of, it sounds like, you know, you did your year of transformation, emotional intelligence course. I was actually in a year long course and we would meet um, every couple months for a weekend. It was like a weekend intensive and it went on for about 10 months. And this, the third weekend of this course, I went down to Los Angeles and I was, I had this job working for rivals. Um, I wasn't loving it. And it wasn't about the job or the company. I just was like, this is not online ad sales and doing this dot com thing really isn't for me. And mm-hmm. at the time, the we didn't know that the whole internet thing was going to implode. And, you know, it was early days before everyone started getting laid off like that fall and the next winter. But but the question in the course was like, if everything in your life were handled, if you could do anything and you'd have to worry about your bills and all that, like, what would you do? What would you give your life for? Like what, you know, it's kind of the sort of basic yeah. wave of magic wand. And, but it was super um, profound for me at that moment in my life. And I, and I had a hard time even articulating it, but I said, oh, I would, I would write and I would speak and I would coach. And, and then the question became, well, why am I not doing that? And so for the next two weeks, I came home and every day I went, went to work and I was going to quit my job. Like that was my plan. And then I would, I would chicken out. I couldn't do it because I'm like, I, I got to pay the bills. I live in San Francisco. Like it's expensive. I don't know. You know, and finally, yeah. like at the end of that two weeks, I got laid off. And like, I don't remember what I got, but they gave me, they gave me like a couple thousand dollars, which at the time was like, a, it seemed like a lot of money. I was like, oh my God, I can like live for a few months without having to go tomorrow and get a job, you know, because I would have been broke. And that sort of allowed me the space. So I wow. did take that trip. I took that trip, but it was more than just taking the trip. It was, I, I was in a space of trying to really create what was next. And I don't know that I was yeah. as intentional about it as, as often people are like you've been and what, you know, you teach people to do, but it definitely, I wouldn't have been able to start doing what I do yeah. now if I hadn't had that space. Well, there's two things that I'm hearing here, which I, I think are important as this as your journey unfolded. What like the first one is you, so you gave yourself permission to think a little bit out of the box, waving your magic wand, yeah. you know, and this is the course that you were in. And but I think that's really important in that sense of like allowing that to even be something to think about. I think a lot of times, myself included, I, I'll shut an idea down, or I'll be like, oh, that won't work, or you know, I'll, I'll yeah. Be, 
hammer it down, it won't even be something to allow into my, my thought. Or if it does, it's there for right. a flip and it goes away. So that is so big and huge in, in, in the sense of allowing that and giving yourself permission like you really did. Whether you, yeah. you did it in a conscious level or not, it doesn't really even matter. It's like, okay, well, what if and what if? And that, that is so key. So that's a big one. And then the second one is, you know, you, you, um, you know, it's almost like careful what you're, what you wish for. You exactly. chose, you chose, <laughs> you chose to, to like follow it a little bit. So even if you didn't know it was going to happen or, you know, you just like along the lines of permission, but like you, you just took one foot, put it in front of the next and, and kept thinking and going with it. And then there you go. Now you're laid off. And that, and that's actually yep. a way a lot of us end up in this world, but um, you know, sure. the, the way that, the way that you allowed that to happen, I think was no accident, whether, you know, it, it was a way that you planned or not. It doesn't even almost matter. Right. It's like, that, well, that's just so you know, interesting. Yeah. You know, and you know, what's amazing too, as I reflect back on it now, it's like, I got home, you know, I took a trip. I mean, the, the way it even came about, I was supposed to go on a trip. I was, I was dating this woman in LA and mm-hmm. together we had actually um, paid for, we were going to go do a course on a cruise that was going to be, I think it was like an Alaskan cruise for like a week. Um, and then we broke up and it was like, oh God, this is a go on this oh. trip to this course with this woman that I broke up with. Like, this is awful. But what ended up happening was the ship, like they had a problem with the ship and they had to change boats. And then they sent everybody a letter and said, we're going to change. So it's going to be fine. But if you want a full refund, you can get a full refund. So I was like, Oh my God, I can, you know, this money showed up. I think I got a little money when I got laid off. And then what was happening at the time was the Olympics were happening in Sydney, Australia in 2000. And a good buddy of mine from San Francisco had transferred with his job down there. And so the trip ended up being, I went to New York for a wedding. I went to London and Paris because I just had never been there. and wanted to check it out, but I went to Sydney Mm -hmm. for two weeks for the Olympics. And so these things, they weren't, it wasn't like I was at some ashram meditating on my sort of pausing trip. I mean, I was doing things that were super fun and stimulating, but it got me yeah. way out of my comfort, way out of my comfort zone and way out of my normal everyday life. And when I came home, Rachel, not only did I feel like I was in a different mind space, like I actually met Michelle, my wife, like a week after I got back. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. So there's part of that. I know we talk about, I, I have in my book, your global trip. And I, and then here's the other thing, like I, find this so important in this part of the like when it comes to pausing is is allowing yourself the space like you don't know what's happening and you're out of your comfort zone you you could basically just be doing anything and and like in your case you went to these awesome places watch the olympics but because you you engaged you were fully alive it sounds like you were just following what you wanted to do it doesn't have to be your day job like this like this is what you were allowing in um, right. And then what, like, this is what happened. So to me, I'm hearing, you know, pausing helped you create the space so that you could align with what was coming your way or what you allowed in, which is Michelle, yep. am- amazing story. And, and so, you know, like, what would you say are, you know, what are your, what are the ways that if you were to pass on some tips, like, what would you say uh, really in that experience and even now, what are some ways that, that intentionally shifting your behavior, like getting out of that comfort zone and even pausing like yes. you did in the beginning, what would you say, um, you know, would be your words of wisdom in that? What would you? Well, I, I, I think we all have to, we have to build it into our lives, whatever it is. And, and I mean, simple practices yeah. that, you know, um, a meditation practice, a journaling practice, a daily simple stuff. I mean, I have a number of things 
that I try to do. I try not to be too hard on myself when I don't do them all that I try to do on a daily basis. Um, you know, and they involve my morning meditation practice and my journaling practice, as well as I have a separate journal that's even just for gratitude. Um, it also involves like I have a little I have a little rebounder here in my office that I like to jump on because, you know, I was reading a while ago that it's really good for your lymph system and whatever. I just like think it's fun and it's kind of a cool way to exercise because I've been actually in this space. I had a few little back injuries last year and all of a sudden it was like I couldn't do the normal things that I could do working out, which was frustrating for me. But I actually realized, Rachel, that there's a bunch of things that I've done for years physically that I don't even like doing. I just do them because I've always done them. Like I never yeah. stopped to go, why the heck am I doing this? You know, so <laughs> playing around with different things. But, but on, the, on the pause level, you know, one thing I was just thinking about as we were talking about this, one of the challenges that I have faced in my life having my own business for the last, you know, 16 years is there aren't built-in pauses when you work for yourself. And, and look, when you work for a big corporation and you know this better than I do, you know, you get maybe get a couple of weeks or maybe if it's a really cool company, you get a few more weeks or maybe there's some mm -hmm. sabbatical program built in or whatever. But in general, like back when we were in school and like back when I played baseball, there were significant breaks and they were built into the system. Do you know what I mean? And so like right. I think by, by design, if you think of even how we're educated with all the issues we have with education in our culture, there's a built in system in that design that has breaks, whereas in the working world, particularly here in the United States and in other cultures that are so obsessed with production and like we work like crazy. And so yeah. one of the things that we have to learn to do, whether we work for a big company or a small company, or especially when we work for ourselves is, you know, and I joke with some of my friends in the corporate world when they're like, oh, you're taking some PTO. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just taking some TO. Like, it's not PTO unless someone's paying you while you're gone. <laughs> and that's a different thing. Oh, you know what I mean? Good. It's like time off. Yeah. And the reality is, depending on what you do, because the vast majority of what I do to make a living is I speak and I get paid. But, like, if I'm in Hawaii with my family, which is awesome to go do, like, I'm not somewhere speaking and getting paid. You know what I mean? So, it, yeah. it, I'm saying mm -hmm. all of this because, again, whatever everyone who's listening to us, whatever your life looks like in terms of your work, it, it's a bold action for us to take to really put some space in and create some pauses, even if they're short. Like one of the things that I do and my wife and I both do this is we go away by ourselves a couple times a year, just for a couple days. Like Michelle's actually mm -hmm. at a retreat right now for a week, which is pretty long, but it's an actual program. But we'll go up to Napa. I'll go by myself, not because I'm trying to run away from my family and I don't love them, but because like, I need time to just go within. So does yeah. she. If we're, if we're going to be good spouses for each other, if we're going to be good parents to our children, if I'm going to be creative in my work, I have to create some white space and some pausing. Otherwise, I'm just like just on the hamster wheel like we all are. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and the world, is, you know this, and I know this is so much of why you do this work, is the world is just speeding up faster and faster. So the concept of pausing in any way is becoming harder and harder for us to do culturally. Right, right. And and it's counterintuitive. You're like, why would I want to yep. do that if I've got this to-do list that's mounting and feeling so burden-esque over my head? And thank you for saying that. I think all of that is so true. I'm, I, I, I think it's an admirable and courageous act of what you're doing. And, and all of us who do build those pauses in, I think – that's so key. And I think even as a uh, someone who's self-employed, 
And um, even if even if you're in a company, it's, it's like, what can you do for yourself so that you can become an engaged, fully uh, present person who can just show up at your best? And it doesn't require you going all the time because that's just not an option if you want to be successful over the long term. Like, sure, you can do that, but is it sustainable? And that's it's, what I mean. it's not, such an important it, message. It's not. And I mean, you you know this from just working in the Silicon Valley technology world. I mean, part and look, and not everybody does that, right? I mean, there are lots of people listening to us who may not yeah. be necessarily connected to the tech world. But one of the things about that, if you use that as an example or just as an analogy, it's like there's a lot of young, excited people in that world. And the idea is like work really hard, work really hard. But over time, that's not really sustainable. And that's not the way we're designed. I was just recently rereading um, Tony Schwartz's, you know, the way we're working isn't working yeah. book. And, and it just was a good reminder for me. It's actually, I had a chance to meet with Tony a couple of weeks ago and talk about some, some cool things that they've got going on. And I've always just been a big fan of his work. And one of the things he talks about in a really basic way, but it's super important is like, we're designed to work in a focused way and then renew, like even just on a daily basis, let alone right. if you think about it sleep. at a more macro level, right? Take, take, yeah, sleep, but, and also pause and, and take breaks during the day. But then if you think about it, it's like, and we all do this anyway, is we, we go for a while and then whether we've set it up or not, life will intervene and make us pause. Like we'll get sick yeah. and have to stay home from work for a couple of days because life is tapping us on the shoulder going, hey, yo, mm -hmm. knock it off. Like take care of Chill yourself. Out. Like, you can't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's hard though, but you know, you know, one of the tricky things and um, our mutual friend Gabby Bernstein and I were talking about this recently, that's really tricky about workaholism is that it's super yeah. dangerous because most everybody in our culture um, validates us for being workaholics. I mean, the only time right. you'll ever really get any negative feedback for being like a workaholic is maybe from your significant other or your children or the people so close to you that they see it, right? Everybody yeah. else is basically going to go, oh my God, Rachel, you're so amazing. You work so hard. You're so dedicated and passionate and focused, right? Like, yeah, that gets yeah. validated everywhere. And so it's a super dangerous addiction because it's like, it's, it, it's, it's like, it's like having an eating disorder and you're losing weight and everyone goes, Hey, you look mm -hmm. great. And it's like, Oh my God, I have this really dangerous thing going Gosh. on. I'm hiding from everyone, but the world is validating me and we got to be yeah. careful about that. It's so crazy. I understand. And, and I, I, I hear that message. And one of the things that I want to help change, and I know all of us who are in the space really, are thinking about it is like we need to change our stories and it takes conscious effort because it's so easy yeah. to focus on the negative. It's how we kind of are wired. And it's like, what can I do to actually change that? So if someone, the next time someone tells me they worked a 14 hour day, I don't slap them on the back and be like, wow, that sucks. Like I'm not going to be there for that. I'm going to maybe right. change the story and say like, well, why are you doing that to yourself? It doesn't sound like yeah. you're having a lot of fun and it's, it's not easy. It's like, it's it's like groupthink, and then it's also, um, you know, being courageous again to be out of the comfort zone, to be out of a comfort zone to say something that may make someone uncomfortable. But it's also it's true. important to change the story. Yeah. It's, so it's so true. And I mean, I know, I know, you know, Ariana Huffington, and she's endorsed her book, which I think is so great. But like, I love what she's been talking about for the last number of years around sleep mm -hmm. and how important it is, because there is this notion. I was listening to this great podcast yesterday with David Axelrod and Coney Keenan, who just left the White House and is 
then Barack Obama's chief speechwriter for the last number of years is going to help him with his memoir. It was really interesting, fascinating conversation. I'm just like way into wow. politics and what's going on. And, and I was just curious about his story, but, but he was telling a story of working on some really important speeches and like, you know, at one point just as a throwaway line, like, yeah, I pulled a couple all-nighters before that one. And like, here's this guy who's like working on stuff that's really, really important, right? So you would understand and it makes sense why he would need yeah. to, if he had to stay up all night and, but it's funny, just in the context of the conversation you and I are having right now, like, where in the world yeah. would anyone go, dude, what are you doing staying up all night? That's super dangerous. That's not healthy. But it's yeah. like, I'm working in the White House. I'm working for the president. Like, you do what it takes. And again, it's, it's just, is there, you know, the same thing in the Silicon Valley world, like the startup founder who, like, doesn't sleep or talk mm -hmm. to his kids or, or her, you know, she doesn't end up having any friends while the company's getting started. And then a few years later, it becomes... Gosh epic part of the story, but it's actually how many of those people don't end up succeeding and end up ruining their lives and their relationships in the process that we never hear about. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And even if, like, I'm not, yeah, we, we know there's nothing wrong with working hard and, and diligently and a lot, but why not stress the positive things, accentuate the positive? Yeah. Like, wow, and I took 90-minute breaks because I knew I couldn't continue it unless I did, and I called someone yeah. to you know, check in or get support or anything that really feeds you. And that's the part that isn't told now. And that's the part yeah. I want to help change and you're helping to change. And then also these pauses. So all of it's important. Yeah. I think what I'm, what I'm hearing, you know, I heard you mention a gratitude journal and then what did you call yeah. that thing that you have in your office? Like you bounce around on a, re what was oh, it a, called? a rebounder. It's like, it's like a little, it's like a little mini trampoline you know those, those little a mini trampoline yeah the, okay i didn't know my yeah. official name those are cool i don't have one but i've seen those and well you know um, it's you funny because like, we have we have <laughs> we have one in the backyard my girls have a big trampoline and we have a little one that they bounce on to jump up on it and i used to go out and do that in the morning and then it started getting cold and i was like i need another one so i got one for my office so i could use it oh inside. my gosh but i love it oh, it's like cool. the coolest thing I'll, I'll like watch ted talks and listen to audiobooks while i'm jumping on the rebounder which is kind of fun yeah, okay, a rebounder. Well, now I know the official name. I was just calling it a trampoline, but now I feel much more uh, in, 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 like, in the know. Um, so I think these are go. great tips. Yeah, and, and, uh, and like, tell us a little bit more, because um, I know we're going to wrap up here, but, you know, if there's one piece, one thing to take away from this time with you, what would you want our listeners to know about how to live a more authentic life, create the, the life that you want, and really live fully? I think it's, um, you know, so much of this, Rachel, even though we're talking about pausing and time and where we focus and sleep and all that, it, it's really about being in relationship with ourselves in a healthy and positive and compassionate and loving way. And, you know, this is a journey for me. I know that I continue to be on and at times it's easier and at times it's more challenging, but it's like, how do I treat myself? How do I talk to myself? How do I relate to myself? How do I see myself? because that ends up being the lens with which I see everyone and everything else in my life. And I think that's true for all of us. And we don't necessarily get permission or give ourselves permission to really be kind and loving and caring to ourselves, but it's the source of so much if we're really going to show up in life and in our relationships the way that we want to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. I'm a big believer in, starting with yourself. You cannot move to others and, and really probably show up in a way that 
really is effective unless you're in that space for yourself. So great yeah. words of wisdom from you. And and I know that's a lot of what you focus on. So tell us about where we can learn more about you, kind of what's your, what are your next things you're working on? I'd love to have our, our audience learn more and, and also tune into you. Yeah, thanks. Well, I mean, the best place to check out me and my work or connect with me is at my website, which is mike-robbins.com. Okay. And, uh, you know, the thing I'm most excited about right now is I just launched last middle of last year a podcast, which is called Bring Your Whole Self to Work, which is the title of the new book that I'm working on. So I've been having some cool conversations with and interviewing a bunch of business leaders and thought leaders and change makers and cool people that I know about their own journeys and their own lives and their own careers and, and what they've learned or what they've been able to do and, and to you know fully show up and bring all of who they are to the work that they do, as well as kind of how they think about leadership and culture and, and creating environments where that's the case, because that's really what this this new book is about. So, so I'm working on that book this year and if all goes well and I get it done, <laughs> it'll be out next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. So that your podcast, bring your full self to work and mm-hmm. um, in your, in your website so we can learn more about your book. Um, yep. I just like how you're focused on the corporate space. I know to me, that's where I resonate. And I, and like, mm-hmm. I think we share a lot of the same vision to help people who are, and maybe like not clear on what can really help them propel themselves at work and being your full self. That sounds like a perfect place to start. And it is not easy. I know that. Um, no. so just, that's so cool that you're working on that. And I can't wait to read your book when it's out. Um, cool. So, so yeah. So, Mike, thank you so much. Thank you for being here and sharing your your path and what you're working on because I think it's so important for those of us who really want to move forward in a way that really is meaningful for ourselves, so we can live fully, engage in the world, and just like show up and have an amazing life. So, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, and uh, good luck with the book. I'm excited for yours to come out here in a few months. Yeah, me too. Okay, great. Well, thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye, Mike. You too.